0: Hello and welcome to the Co-Create Podcast. So glad you're here. Hope your day has been absolutely beautiful so far. I'm your host, Dr. Caroline Addington, and today we are talking with Nicole Walter of Illuminate Reiki. We had a beautiful conversation on opening up to life, exploring how we define and experience empathy in some of these shared human experiences, and becoming a clear channel for all the magic that our life has in store for us and that it's continuously bringing to our doorstep. So it's a beautiful episode, beautiful conversation. I can't wait for you to meet Nicole. I can't wait for you to soak up all the good juju. And if you'd like to get in touch with Nicole, all the links, all the resources on things that are mentioned in the podcast live in the show notes. At the episode website. You can just go to carolineaddington.com slash blog. Um, if you're listening on iTunes and you want the juice, that's where it all lives. So who is Nicole Walter? Who is this fabulous human? Great question. Nicole is the founder of Illuminate Reiki, where she holds space for the next generation of Reiki practitioners through training and certification programs so that everyone can learn Reiki and share their gifts. And Reiki initially found Nicole unexpectedly years ago during a massage therapy session when the therapist quietly channeled Reiki at the end of said session, said session. And Nicole didn't really understand what had happened or shifted, but she knew that she felt amazing and better, clearer. (laughs) <laughs> More peaceful. And that experience really opened her up to Reiki practitioners and beginning to study the lineage of this practice. And eventually, she was inspired to use her skill set as a former college English professor to teach Reiki to others so that they could become their own healers. So, in this conversation, we're talking a lot about opening up to life in case the title didn't give that away. (laughs) But we also talk about balancing this openness with healthy boundaries and what it looks like to be well-boundaried in the practice of setting compassionate boundaries. We talk about experiencing our world through the head versus through our heart. We talk about empathy, grief, and some of these shared human experiences. And we really take a beautiful deep dive into exploring how we define empathy, which is personally my favorite part of the conversation. And then we also talk about becoming a clear channel and how that's a skill that can be honed over time. So I hope you love it. I hope you enjoy it and take so much from this beautiful episode. If you'd like to share it, always welcome. Feel free to shout us out on the Instagram or you can text it to somebody if you're like, yo, this episode was so good. I think you would love it. All the above, totally welcome. Um, Also feel free to head over to iTunes, subscribe and write a review. Always helps the podcast out so, so, so much. And I love you tons. And I hope you enjoy this episode. I'll see you in there. Lovely, Nicole. Welcome to Co-Create. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for your magic.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much for uh, the space and for um, having me. Really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, my pleasure. <laughs> Podcasting <laughs> Podcast conversations are always literally my pleasure, my favorite thing ever. Um, <laughs> so I always feel like it's beautiful, a beautiful form of selfishness, <laughs> but they're so much fun. I like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I want to create a space around things that matter and I care about and hopefully they inform and help other people. Exactly. I really, a beautiful form of selfishness, borrowing, please, with permission. Yes,
0: definitely spread that far and wide. <laughs> yeah. So my favorite first question to ask people is, um, It's a hard question, (laughs) maybe, but if you were to like, you know, boil your essence and your magic in the world down into like a single kernel, how would you describe it?
1: The thing that just came to mind, uh, borrowing a movie title, which thankfully is like now trending again, is Practical Magic. Ooh, my little, my little kernel would blend um, really straightforward so to me, I'll, I'll use the word like accessible, um, but it would blend everything that's practical, understandable, achievable with that hint of sparkle, maybe more than a hint, maybe like a, a stardust shower uh, of sparkly magic. So both of those things intertwined. Now, I finally had, uh, which I recommend, I mean, we can, we can do it ourselves, but it's really nice to get some professional assistance with a, an astrology reading or or anything that we're seeking out to um, create these tools to under, understand ourselves and the world. But I finally had a professional astrology reading, and one of the things that came up was that this sun Virgo kind of shapes like this, this love of organization and knowledge and understanding. And then the Scorpio rising Pisces moon brings in this like, a watery witch layer that kind of blankets all that. So, I was really helpful in starting to figure out way later in life why I am the way I am. Yeah. <laughs> astrology. Yay, astrology. Thanks so
0: much. Oh my god, astrology is great. I've never actually gotten a professional like deep dive reading. Now I want yeah.
1: to. Yeah. <laughs> and hey, you at 9:00 I, I,
0: Scorpio rising.
1: Yeah. Oh, I'm so thankful. I got a, a little reading as a youth that was like, you have an obsession with the occult. And I was like, Oh God, that's super interesting when you're young. Um, but now it kind of makes sense. Not so much the occult in any way, but like, yes, I was the black cat kid. I was the, the dyed black hair kid. The now it's like, you know, the hoodie over just, um, always looking at the other side of things like the shadowy side of things.
0: Did you have an emo phase? I had an emo phase for sure. Yeah, for sure. For sure.
1: (laughs) I'm kind of of in the middle. Um, so I I'm like a little pre emo. So mine was more of a a old school punk rock phase.
0: Yeah. Nice.
1: But very, very spiky, very dyed black. I still, um, wear black all the time, which is kind of ironic to be an energy worker but I've always liked the shadows. I'm a, I'm a, I am ai say proud introvert, not shy, but I really love that personal space. It's where a lot of us can be creative. Um, and when we think in terms of energy, that quiet space, that possible introversion is the needed space to get our messages and our downloads. I didn't know that when I was young, um, but seeing some of these things later, it's like I, it clicks.
0: Yeah. 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 That brings up an interesting question in my mind. Cause I know that we're we're like the umbrella theme of the conversation is like space clearing, whether it's like our personal space within our body or like more extended and like our home and things. I'd be curious to hear like your take on specifically clearing space for these messages and these downloads, because I know that like, There are moments and times where I feel like so energetically wide open for all of it. And then other moments and times where I'm maybe a little bit more like in the weeds of like the human 3D, which I think is like a natural ebb and flow cycle. Mm -hmm. But I'd I'd be super curious to hear like from the energetic standpoint and like from your expertise, what what is it about like I guess the question is like what makes us more or less available for those like energetic downloads in terms of our energetic
1: space. Does that question make sense? Super good question. Okay. Yeah. So I think that it's a, a combination of these interwoven things while understanding our innate, you said 3d humanness. So intention, um, openness and creating time. And and if it's okay I'll circle back on, on those things. Totally. When I think of intention, you know, I meet I meet so many people. I work in in public spaces. I came from corporate America in our world like you and me and maybe your listeners, it is not new to us to want to connect with our masters, teachers, loved ones, or to pull a card or have these nurturing practices. So we've created an intention. But if you think of the majority of people, even with trending in, in wellnessness and self-care, and I'm putting those in air quotes, most people, many, this is like an anecdotally strong number, most many are really blocked. Yeah. Yeah. Um, go about their day not looking around, not noticing, not creating any space, A to B, zigzag, face down. So when I think of intention first, uh, it doesn't need to be something fancy. It It is setting the intention, making some space, making some breath and, and a little bit of time to say, hey, I'm ready for things to come up. I'm ready to maybe see something today. So planting that very first seed and acknowledging that our lives, our phones have us very downturned and that even unintentionally can remove the space for intention, for messages to be available. Yeah. Um, And yeah. And the second uh, openness would piggyback on that. If you set the intention, A follow-up, like a beautiful bookend to that is being willing. If you go to the beach and you're not open in some way through your breath, through feeling your toes in the sand, through locking eyes with the rise and fall of the tide, if you're not open to that in any way, it's just a walk. Yeah. It's, it's, it could be a a concrete jungle. It could be the beach. It could be a beautiful mountain, but if you're not open, not a sacred pause, not a lifting of the gaze and a slight opening of the heart, just a baby step, then of course these things will continue to pass you by. So if you set an intention, but then are not, are not open or not noticing, um, you know, it, you might be still a little closed off and, and that's okay. Again, we're so human. Yeah. <laughs> we practice these things every day and revisit them. So there's no pressure, there's no right or wrong. Uh, and the third would be time. And this is one that, uh, isn't continual lesson for me. I know I have the time, just like when I, go to make a purchase, I can find the money, I can move it if that's what really matters. It'll it'll happen for something that's close to my heart, the same with time. And changing our practices can be a little bit daunting at first and and so making the time can feel scary, even if it's just a minute, right? If if meditation were so easy, we'd all take the minute a day. Um but honoring the need for time, prioritizing enough so that we set at least some, literally like a minute of devoted time to take the intention and the openness and give it space to blossom.
0: Yeah. 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 I appreciate that. Those are the three things that came up so much. Cause I think that like there have been different chapters in my own life where like I would set an intention and then I would just like head down, nose down, the rest of the day <laughs> and wonder like why nothing was happening or i didn't feel connected or like da 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 da, da. and like that sense of but open especially the openness really really speaks to my heart i really like love and appreciate that idea because it is it's like it feels like it's like an opening to to life itself you know and like what it's like to be a human bebopping through life itself. Um, yeah. How? Yeah. Wh- how has your journey looked like? Like, what has your journey looked like? Cultivating openness.
1: Um, a lot of trauma, which is probably common. I think is common. I don't have the research offhand, but I saw something a few weeks ago um, that had some some science behind those of us who are. Uh, Empaths are who drawn to helping others often come from a tumultuous past. And I understand that word has so many different layers. So um, in honoring all of those layers for what they mean for everyone in my path, I came from a space, a religious background that is um, very constrictive, very concise and didn't leave a lot of room for this kind of creativity um, for even receiving a a message or a guide or connecting with an ancestor. There wasn't space for that. It was, it was pretty much condemned and that creates a closing off. Uh, So many of us who have hidden our gifts became closed off in my world I turned to books and my love of words and literature as like a fantasy outlet, not showing it in my own body and my own self, but diving into stories and tales. And, you know, I was, I was digesting huge novels as a, as a kid to to have context with other worlds. Mm. Um, And so eventually finally fast forwarding realizing that in the yoga space to start that I could move energy around my body and feel better with a mind body breath connection. That was the first time I'd ever felt at home was connecting all the parts of my body, particularly with mindfulness and breath that I had probably never accessed or were just hidden or shoved down. Yeah. And that led to the gateway drug to Um, learning a little bit about the aspects of yoga and the chakra system and energy bodies. And so through that awareness and being more and more curious and also aging out and then finally living on my own where I had some more freedom to explore, I was able to connect to the energy practice uh, in the lineage of uh, Reiki, Usui, Reiki, Ryoho, And that really clicked, that really became a forward, my primary practice for for care and for helping others when I had kids. Uh, So I was able to kind of limp along, half happy, half not for myself, getting by, looked super functional on the outside, but waves of, of deep unhappiness on the inside still. And when I had kids, my first son is when I learned about Reiki. And my second was when it became a stronghold for my daily routines and truly helping myself. I, I wanted to continue to develop at another level to help the people that I was closest to my, my sons. So it was eventually getting a cue from others. I don't, I don't know if I would have done it for myself or it would have been way later as I slowly crawled about this improvement journey. But my kids really kicked that into overdrive because there was so many things I wanted to um, learn how to work with in my own body, learn how to heal, and then be able to pass that on.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. And like, there's two two questions popping up at once in my head. (laughs) It's like, yeah, that journey. what does openness in you, in your field or like in an energy field mean to you now? And also like at the same time, there's another question around boundaries, right? Like what does it mean to have like a well-boundaried field? Cause I feel like openness without being beautifully boundaried can get like really funky, really fast.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, the answer to the first one Openness for me is love. Mm. Uh, it love, tenderness, being heart centered and heart forward. And this is very much a practice. I'm not professing to have achieved this. It'll probably carry into my next lifetime. But being able to be heart centered, open hearted, and leading with love means that I have gratitude. It means that I appreciate the things around me. It means that I try to look at my family and my kids even in really difficult moments with empathy um, and a heart connection. In in my own body, I've gotten the in the most trouble or or made these yikes decisions in corporate America to try and promote and stay unhappy because I'm I'm so head-focused, I'm so Virgo, I'm so practical. I have this you know, kind of stringent background um, that I was very, very head focused and not even aware of the ability to be heart focused, to lead with love and and to lead with intuition. So of course I need to use my head. I'm still a, an anxious, a hyper thinker uh, and that can serve us, but it, misleads me into a place of overthinking and when i leave my heart my openness of my heart i usually benefit from coming back to the heart space sooner rather than later and and can make better decisions can appreciate life more from that space and energetically just like a a, um bringing it around to energy that is one of our main bodies of energy whether in the, the chakra system Um, or in, you know, other traditions like Taoism, the heart is one of three in, in, uh, the chakra system seven, but energy center. So where is your energy? If it's too active in your head, no matter what your beliefs are, you can feel this literally if it's too active in your head, insomnia thoughts, you know, pinging back and forth energetically, you would benefit from practices to shift that, uh, energy somewhere else. So for me, it bringing into my heart invites openness. Yeah. Yeah. And then I just talked so much. I forgot the second question. Oh,
0: it's okay. <laughs> exactly. We can leave it in. We can leave it in. Um, well, I first <laughs> want to just like hover on that for a second. Cause I think that that's such a beautiful, like, you're so right. You know, that like the heart is, it was almost like this portal to the rest of the world. It's like this portal to like the reality as it is, you know what I mean? Or at least like, as real as it always reality feels more real to me when I'm experiencing it through my heart you know than when I'm experiencing it through my head yeah that there's like a separate reality that our heads create that we can like wander around in and like that's all fine and dandy but like the heart feels like a portal to like what is like even more real than that and I know for the longest time for myself, I, it felt like this mythical unicorn thing to live from the heart. You know, I'd hear people talk about it. I hear people say things about it and I'd be like, okay, so like, gotta live from the heart. How do I, how do I, da, 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 But it, the irony of that was like, that was like a head reality. <laughs> I mean I was making like about what it meant to live from the heart whereas like the heart never has any stories about anything it's like you know from where I sit now that feels like the biggest difference is like the heart has no has no stories about you know what a tulip should be <laughs> I say that I'm like looking out my window I love that in bloom and like that feels like such a distinguishing uh like characteristic
1: you know I love that. Thank Yeah, thank you so much. That's such a um, complimentary and important way to look at it. And I think when I reference openness around the heart, um, so many schools of thought, so many lineages, so many traditions, uh, a very large component, if not the main component, eventually brings us back to the hope of, of liberation and the true self. Yeah. And that can come from the heart space. And so no matter what backgrounds or beliefs are, this doesn't mean I have to, to like everyone, right? Like I, I have thoughts, I have opinions, but in trying to acknowledge my true self and others from the heart, I have a greater chance of achieving some softness uh, and some empathy mm-hmm. as I move about the world, particularly in, in my line of work with energy work, um, but as I encounter people who have entirely different views and and their own thought patterns, their own truth, feeling into the heart space gives me some hope to step out of anger and worry and not cross into hate, but connect to um, to them with an openness of heart. It, it gives me hope. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 Well, that's, it's beautiful. You say that. Cause that actually brings us ab- back around to the second part of the question that we wandered away from, which was boundaries. <laughs> so that's perfect. I just, yeah. I remembered it too. Yeah. 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 Um, Cause like, I'd love to hear your, your take on like the energetics behind boundaries because I feel like there can be like, and I, this, I'll like give some personal context behind this question is like, there was a time in my life where i was setting boundaries from an energy of like not that you know it was kind of a pushing away boundary it was like maybe a little bit of like an aggressive boundary <laughs> and like um how that has shifted over time to like uh not being so charged you know it's just like a neutral choice where it's like oh yeah I don't want that. <laughs> it's like, just like, I don't, like if someone were to be like, Hey, do you want liver for dinner? I'd be like, no, thanks. You know, <laughs> but wouldn't be offended. Yeah. By that. So like, I'd be curious to hear your take on like the energetics behind the boundaries that we set, you know? And like, yeah, just like here, here you just go ham jam out on, on that. Yeah. <laughs> thank you.
1: My my thought wheels are spinning. Going to bring them down from the head into the heart. So there's a few different uh, roads which which intersect to answer that in part. Uh, overall, practice. It is a it is a practice to care for others without carrying every angst, every trauma, every story that you encounter, which are whole and valid. Um, but particularly if we are already working with or familiar with the wellness space, we get into deep conversations, holding space for each other's daily. Um, and so practice, which is like not cool cause it's vague, but I'll, I'll leave that as the umbrella. Um, and someone once told me, you know, the importance, the refining of care, but not carry. So my care for anyone, fill in the blank. There's sadly so many abundant um, travesties and, and things going on. My ability to care and to hopefully do good, to donate, to send energy to that area, uh, to seek ways to tangibly help, can in part be separate from Dwelling to the point of anxiety and fear, and, and going down a rabbit hole, whether it's on a screen or a phone, etc., to where I'm so deep that I, I can't even help myself or others in my immediate circle anymore because I went down, 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 and now hours have passed, and I'm in the doom scroll repetition mode out of my heart and into my head. And so, honoring tangible ways in which we can either just hear others in in the face-to-face environment and maybe help them if they're far away and in whatever way is tangible to you. Um, But if we don't come back to taking care of ourselves, our communities that are close, our very close-knit communities, family, friends, and loved ones, no one is served. Like if we are just a super magnet for everything that's going on, we don't have to turn that dial all the way down, but keeping the lens close so that we can continue to shine helps prolong our ability to do good mm-hmm. instead of burning out on it. And so for me, practicing the Reiki precepts, which I can briefly cover, um, but also working a little bit around empathy and i i really love um brene brown's like coverage of this in atlas of the heart the new book or the hbo special empathy helps me understand that your experience is real and valid and i can connect to something similar in my life experience in my heart and that doesn't necessarily mean you or anyone else is demanding I jump into action to solve the problem. So I think as potentially, I think we're all light workers, but but as potentially sensitive, high empath um, people who want to help and live from our heart, you can hold sacred space for others by listening and giving them space to be instead of go, do, fix, repeat and then we burn out and absolutely no one is served. Yeah.
0: Well and and it's coming from that same energy that that feels like it created the funk in the first place, you know? So it's just like seeding or sowing the same seeds over and over again. I um I don't remember I wish I could remember the name of this podcast and give credit to the human on the internet where i heard this <laughs> but i don't remember so sorry internet human um but there's this beautiful poet um on a podcast talking about grief and like the way that you were sharing about empathy bring is what is bringing this up and brought this up in my mind is like i feel like i like i was moving through a period of deep grief uh when i heard this podcast episode and mm-hmm. i feel like the conversation that was had around grief really helped me to see empathy in a new light. And the conversation was talking a lot about how like, it's so helpful as a human to be able to name, like grief is a place, you know? It's a state that we all visit at one point or another. It is like this real place, this real state of being. And it's not something that is like completely unique to any one given human. And that to me feels like the, like, just a beautiful description of empathy, right? Where it's like, you're in a place in a human emotional state in a human place. And I know I've been that in that place in some capacity. And I know what that place is like, because every human passes through these different places. And I don't need to fix you in that place. I don't need to, you know, do anything about you being in that place, but I can sit with you and share, yes, this is a real place and you will pass through it and it will be okay. And, you know, and that feels, that to me feels like a really beautiful boundary, you know, where it's like, it, it almost takes it and puts it in like a third place. A, you know depersonalize it puts it into a third person bucket you know where it's like yes and we're in this place like you're yeah. in place and and that depersonally personalization is so at least for me I know it's so huge because then I'm like oh you mean that every human ever has walked through here and I'm not alone Okay, let's fucking go. <laughs> but there's something magical about that, you know. Yeah. No,
1: like it's shared. That is that is so well said, and it, it relates to something that I think just got canonized and and you know overused to the point of losing its meaning. But when we think of the the phrase "holding space," yeah, uh, I have to practice that doesn't mean that anyone expects me to solve anything like almost no one other than my my two kids and a hungry dog or you know dog who needs water no one out there even clients expects me to solve anything and my pressure on myself to want to help others creates the burnout creates the tension. What most people are hoping for is a space to be heard. Um, something that, that is mentioned in, in Atlas of the Heart that talks about empathy and grief is that it wants to be witnessed. And that's separate from, you, you can't solve grief. It's, yeah. it's this um, beautifully tragic dance of life. And so holding space and witnessing is a still, quiet place practice it's our thinking we have to do we have to help we have to to tangibly solve and i i need to and do remind myself almost no one's asking that of me even if i help someone in a reiki session they're asking something of the practice of energy work of reiki and not nicole walter specifically yeah. i'm a space holder And there's a breath of air when we remember we can help others and do less. We can help others by being and sitting and hearing. And I know I'm like excitedly talking now because I love our conversation. So please believe that I am quiet. (laughs) And particularly the the deeper I hear uh, someone's experience or tragedy or grief, that's becoming a lesson of the more stillness and silence I can hold to honor them. And that helps me care more and carry less. Yeah. Yeah. Very
0: well said. Very well said. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, yes. Um, there was something that you said in there that was bringing something into into my my dome piece and into my head and it's just gone right back out. So <laughs> I'm just going to, oh, 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 oh. Oh, it was the feeling of like the fixing. And like, I was thinking of like, you know, tying that back to the idea of like energetic clearing and like clearing energy within us. It almost feels like, and I'd love to hear your take on this. It almost feels like it's like the idea that there's a problem in the first place that needs fixing is the energy to be cleared, you know what I mean. It's like this idea that like there is a problem is the very thing that's like, you know, maybe creating turbulence yeah. in
1: the field. Oh, so good. So that's so good. I'm like looking off to process that. Yeah. So, uh, yes to all of that. And, um, in in my study of Yin Yoga, some of the beginning. I want to emphasize beginning because I'm not, um, a practicing Buddhist. I'm a student of lineages that, that honor what I try to do. So, um, what I appreciate is these four truths that in, in, in Buddhism, that, um, suffering is universal. That's, that's it. That's our given. That's our, our experience. Suffering is universal. And part two is our reaction to the suffering is where we can practice um, moderated responses for our own and others benefit. And I will sit with that and more for the rest of my life in, in the dance of all of this suffering in this experience, in this body, in this lifetime is innate And what do we do with the layers that we put on top of it? And some of those are just our own overworked human selves. So there's a line at the store and we get stompy and and we can't breathe and we get stuck in our headspace and we're irritated. And I would bet that's when we back out too fast and, you know, nick the pole with our, our bumper. So that's like a basic example. There are absolutely devastating tragedies. And and we bring on layers at that time to process our emotions. But when we think about keeping our boundaries, when we're in a close space with others, when our our energies might cross and, and we need to maintain loving boundaries, our reaction to the suffering is what we might practice moderating. So If I hear something going on with a friend and it is unjust or, um, you know, something terrible happened in her day, that's hearing her negative or his negative experience and the suffering. And if I can, A, just hear that and say, that is, that is so hard. How can I help? Is different than, holy shit, F that, I'm going to go over there and knock on that door and you know, get help, you get revenge. Like those are, those are two different paths. The second one doesn't probably help anyone in this context. There are, there are times when we need to absolutely like stand up strongly. So in, in these daily life instances, I, I get so energetically torn down and then I can't help others. And I do less good if That second layer after the initial suffering goes on high speed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's It's harder to come back to myself and where I need to be. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It's like it happens. Yeah, (laughs) the world gets rolling, and
1: then it's just going, and it's like, oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, and and no one's helped. I think I hope we can create good energetic boundaries um, just by being present and saying, that's, that's so hard. It's hard when we deeply feel wronged. I hear you. I understand what you're saying. I, I feel that as opposed to the flame out version of let's go get (laughs) them. And then we're like in the angry spiral and, and just in many cases, of course this isn't totally universal, but in many cases, then no one's helped.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I would agree. I mean, I, I think it's fair to say like nothing is universal, but that is one of the closest things to universal I've ever encountered. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like yeah. I can't say that any given thing is universal because who knows? But that dif- that dis- difference between, you know, picking up someone's energy and running with it and, and perpetuating it Um, when it maybe is coming from that like really reactive place versus seeing it and like having that boundary where it's just like, I see this, I'm going to hold space for it, going back to the holding space, but I'm not going to pick it up and fling it, you know, and like keep it alive and keep it going. I have yet to encounter a moment where... (laughs) the the flinging it was benef- was more beneficial. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, and and still there's there's inspired action, there's ways to help others. We we witness injustice so devastatingly regularly. There this isn't an excuse for inaction in any way. Um it might and, be right in
0: the Buddhist concept of right action.
1: Yeah. You know, where it's like yeah.
0: action Action that's taken from center is always, always, always going to be more effective than action that's taken from, like, planting more seeds of the same, you know? Yeah. So, more seeds. Yeah, thank you. Sowing more seeds of division.
1: You're a good reframer. I'm going to go back and listen to this and highlight um, your, like... Really succinct, beautiful reframing, and then just condense that and listen <laughs> <laughs> <Well>, to Thank you. <laughs> That's honestly, I go, I go tangent based, and so I really appreciate the like. It's like a like a well conclude. Like, it's like a good conclusion paragraph, and I'm like,
0: yay! Excited. Oh, <laughs> I'm glad. That's one of my uh, favorite things about podcasting because, like, in those moments where I'm like it's also me processing and integrating what you're saying, you know what I mean? And like moving it through my system to like help it land in for me too. And like, I I assume that because pe- the people who listen on the reg resonate with the way that things landed for me and it helps it land in for them. I assume that that's part of why they keep it. Yeah, <laughs> totally. But um, that's, that's honestly one of my favorite things about podcasting is like, it, learning you know from each new new human and like all the all those moments of like little concluding
1: paragraphs are like the moments of anchoring and the teaching so good <laughs> and, and, and your um really strong ability to do that is so good for holding energetic space for others because let's say you're hearing that that Um, passionate expression of of someone's, you know, anger or worry or fear, your skill set and anyone, you know, listening, I'm going to try to embody this starting this moment is coming back to holding space by what I'm hearing you say is fill in the blank. And that alone shifts the energy and helps diffuse and, and you're creating that heart centered connection and still not taking it on. You're still not depleting yourself. You have this loving, um, boundary, but to bring it back and say what, you know, a version of what I'm hearing you say is man, everyone just wants to be heard. Yeah. And that alone is a sigh of relief. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you.
0: Yeah, thank you for reflecting that back to me (laughs) because it's so funny. I'm practicing, Um, yeah, it's wonderful (laughs) because I've um, like taken a lot of joy in podcast conversations. With like, because back in the day when I first started having guests on, I was like, I didn't trust myself to always be able to like bring a conversation into full bloom. You know what I mean? As like the holding space. Whereas these days I'm, I'm like always excited to see what comes out of an episode and like out of a conversation, because I always know that there's like some magic that's going to blossom. And I wonder if that's part of it is like that skill over time being cultivated where like whatever is brought to the space, there's always... A bloom, you know. So, thank you for reflecting that back to me.
1: <laughs> yeah, and helping me see that. <laughs> and I, I think, you know, like like the word energy uh, again, and like holding space, like fill in the blank in terms of um, language around wellness, and even the word wellness. It in its overuse and possible exhaustion, re something. As beautifully foundational as honing our skills and our, our comfort and our talents over time helps us become clearer channels in infinite ways. So in your space, as you hone this skill and like your energies are less less a little bit less cloudy or you know less fearful, as you're beginning a podcast X amount of years ago. You're becoming a clear energetic channel, so that you can hear people, you can reflect back, and that is then felt and heard, and that keeps a really good energetic cycle going. So you know when we think of of energy, whether it's the the boundaries or or holding space, it's it's in everything. Like we're literally just composed of, of these beautiful, ever-moving particles. But at our core, we're all made of the same thing. And we get to refine that. We get to polish it. And we get to come back when it gets dusty or you know, twigs get stuck in the gum of our, our human bodies, our auras. And in maintaining these practices and working with them, whether it's good conversations and podcasting, that's turning up the dial of our energy. And then we get to help others and that helps them shine brighter and us shine brighter so it's this reciprocal um gift that we get to keep sharing tangent sorry <laughs> no no you brought it all back around <laughs> you brought it all back around to like, the og
0: theme of the conversation and like i think it's it's gorgeous is this like clearing out of the energetic fields and the energetic spaces has been this like theme of uh, like, going all the way back to like You know, intention, openness, and time is like this practice of being intentional and being and opening over time. You know, it's like it it was a gap to this whole conversation up in a beautiful little thread, (laughs) whether you meant to or not. (laughs) And we're back, which is beautiful, (laughs) and like perfect timing. So good job. All right. (laughs) Yeah. So for everybody who has been like super jamming out on all the things and wants to go deeper down the rabbit hole and maybe is like interested in like, you know, opening up with through the practice of Reiki and everything that you share and that you, all your magic in the world, where can they find you on the internet? And what are some of the things that you are offering to the world in this red hot minute?
1: Um, so I picked a business name that spell check is going to get us on every time. Like, a, <laughs> here's a hot, here's a hot business tip. Uh, keep it simple. And I, I have a really good reason why I chose my business name, which is illuminate Reiki, but not I L it's a U. So I'll illuminate. And that's because, um, for me, there's such a warmth and an energy around, sharing these practices that it's, it's a warm feeling. And AU is the scientific symbol for gold. Mm. So to start illuminate with AU for me was a feeling of coming home with warmth, with, with self-care and self-love um to feeling at home in my body. So it's illuminate Reiki with AU. And then also, as someone pointed out, I never thought of this, AU is also the first two letters of aura, yeah, and that's what our I was energy to do practices. Yeah, I. Why well, I never thought of it. It's perfect. <laughs> um, so it's illuminate Reiki. That's my website, and I uh, largely teach others virtually, in person, and workshops, small groups, um, the lineages, uh, the history of this practice, um, in hopefully a, a thorough. Um, achievable and accessible manner so that students can can train in the lineage of uh, Reiki, the kind of the original Usui Reiki Ryoho, and learn how to work with energy primarily starting with themselves, um, but then also deciding how energy work might benefit other areas of their life. So no one ever is expected to take clients or to to build a business if you do again get a smarter business name that doesn't get spell checked but (laughs) this is a practice for self for our loved ones for our family for these precious things close to us our homes our cars to heighten and rebalance the energy of things around us so my love is teaching I take clients who want to come in and you know, relax on a table, um, similar in in um, environment to like acupuncture, clothed, but you're you know you're relaxed, you're you're supine. Um, I do mentorship, and I also go into businesses or homes for space clearing. Same principle as a Reiki session for a human. If we think of everything as energy, um, thanks Einstein and everyone that came before him thousands of years ago. <laughs> it's it's a malleable ever-changing, um, fields that we can perceive and work with and help shape. So whether it's a person, a pet, even a suspect meal or a, a plant that's not thriving or our home or any space, office space
0: or land, help
1: people understand or do it myself. If they just want me to come in and, and be of service, um, help them shift energy around spaces, loved ones themselves.
0: Beautiful. Perfect. I love the way you describe that. Cause like the, the idea that it is all just a malleable field that like is wearing different like costumes, you know, (laughs) I think that that's like such a helpful, um, just such a helpful way to view it, you know, it helps us realize just how malleable everything is. So that's awesome. Yay. Okay. We'll put all the links for everything in the show notes for everybody to come check it out. And Thank you for thank your you. magic in the world. This was a beautiful conversation and I'm so grateful for, you know, the work that you do and the the love that I can feel that you like bring to it and infuse into it. So thank you.
1: Thank you for the space to share. I hope um, it's inspiring that we're all um, these amazing humans and at the same time we're magic yeah we are we are all practical magic well said (laughs) a reminder to all
0: yes